This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. The Blue Cliff Record, K6. Uman said, I don't ask you about before the 15th day. Try to make a statement about after the 15th day. He himself replied, Every day is a good day. The verse, Throwing away one, he picks up seven. Above, below, in the four directions, none can match. Placidly walking along, he treads down the sound of the flowing stream. His relaxed gaze discerns the tracks of flying birds. Grasses grow thick, mists overhang. Round Sabuti's cliff, the flowers make a mess. Voidness is lamentable. Don't make a move. If you move, you get 30 blows. This saying of Uman's, every day is a good day, has become famous and probably too famous. It's a danger of becoming a Zen bumper sticker, you know, or the equivalent of a uh, smiley face that people want to put on everything. Um, and we'll try to rescue it from that faith uh, in talking about it today. He says, I don't ask you about before the 15th day. Try saying something about after. We can presume the reference to the 15th day is, you know, talking more or less about you know, a convention of the lunar calendar where um, full moon is at the 15th of the month in that reckoning, and the full moon is a symbol of realization. So there's some play here on before and after the realization. But I think that we have to start just with the words before and after uh, in our own life, our own practice. And think of all the ways in which we have our own pictures of uh, what before and after uh, look like or are supposed to look like. And these can be our pictures of what's the matter now and what's supposed to happen later, what we're supposed to get out of this, right? How many kinds of products are sold with before and after pictures, right? And Zen is certainly no different, right? Suffering on the left side and the smiley face and master on the, the right side, right? 
just buy our practice and you too can have this after picture, right? Usually it's the opposite of those commercials that, uh, you know, offer to treat hair loss. There you got the bald guy on one side and the big head of hair on the, is the after. And Zen, it's the other way around. <laughs> anyway, we, we really do have to be um, honest with ourselves about the before and after images we create. The idea of practice trying to get us from, from here to there. Uh, very hard not to have some version of that. Um, just as we sit during the day, uh, who doesn't have some different feeling about before the bell rings and after the bell rings, right? I mean, even if it's not how you're going to be different, it's preferring one state to another and trying to uh, get into it and then hold on to it. So Uman's statement about every day is a good day is an expression on one hand of seems like on one hand it's eliminating difference saying everything is the same and yet in a way it means uh, the opposite uh, you see he's he's really saying all the differences that we place between good days and bad days both do and don't make a difference. See, if you say they don't make any difference at all, you're in danger of entering into a certain kind of oneness where all differences is blanked out. Right? Uh, maybe you think of that as acceptance. And the, the danger there is you treat uh, acceptance as a... Um, separate substance, something honey-like that you spread over the surface of things to make them all, you know, taste sweet no matter what, what they are, right? Uh, a lot of people try to practice that way of sort of putting some kind of uh, acceptance mist into the air, you know, wherever they are, you know, to give everything like this big room deodorizer quality, right? You know, it's always a little stinky and uh, oversweet when anyone does that, right? See, acceptance um, really has no flav separate flavor of its own at all. Acceptance really is a willingness to let everything be just as it is. To let sweet be sweet, salty be salty, and sour be sour, right? It's not trying to give everything a good uniform flavor. And that's the, the you know, dilemma here, an expression like, every day is a good day. Uh, we can misconstrue that as everything will have the same uniform good flavor to it once we're enlightened. That's just nonsense. Hmm? Now the verse is, uh, helps clear some of this up in the, its imagery. Uh, 
throwing away one, he picks up seven. Um, we could say that you throw away oneness and uh, go back to differentiation, go back to the world being made up of odd numbers of things. Right? The danger here he's talking about is having any one state uh, emptiness, oneness, samadhi as the thing that you think is the after picture that you're trying to hold on to. So the the image of the um, first is walking along in the woods following the sound of the stream watching the birds fly but grasses are growing thick and the mists are arising. All these are sort of images of, uh, you know, thought uh, and even delusion. Grasses and mists are often uh, uh, descriptions of things that obscure you or entangle you, right? So there has to be some way in which you return to that, that world of... Uh, thought and entanglement and feeling, especially feeling, and not uh, imagine that it is all erased in some kind of oneness. Around Sabuti's cliff, the flowers make a mess. Voidness is lamentable. Sabuti was uh, one of Buddha's uh, disciples who supposedly was so... um, Adept to going into deep states of samadhi and uh, uh, and emptiness, that whenever he sat, you know, flowers would just rain down on him from heaven, you know, spontaneously. Uh, some kind of heavenly acknowledgement of uh, his wisdom. And the verse says, "Boy, that gets messy after a while, right? All these flower petals underfoot, rotting." <laughs> Right, gets a little stinky, a little slippery, a little messy. Um, at first, it's beautiful, but uh, if if that's all you can do, if you're just this one-trick pony of samadhi, uh, it's not gonna not gonna cut it. You can't really live that way. Voidness is lamentable, right? To get stuck there. Um, see, when we think of the before and after the 15th day, we can think of it uh, as if uh, it's a mountain uh, hike or a trek in the mountains where you take 15 days to go up, you get to the peak, and then it's 15 days to come down. What are you going to do? Get up to the top and live there? Stay there? Never come down? Uh, maybe some people uh, go all the way up there and drop dead and I think that's a great uh, place to have lived and died but the normal course of things is if you go up you got to come down Uh, we can't go up to that peak and just say well it's all supposed to feel like this going up is not going to feel the same as coming down Uh, but to say every day is a good day is not I enjoy each one of these things as if they're identical. It's that you really completely enter into their difference. 
really let up be up, down be down. And when you're on the peak, that's cool, but then there's the next thing, right? This is how our practice has to function. The last two lines of uh, the verse uh, really encapsulate the dilemma. Don't make a move. If you move, you get 30 blows. See, we want to get someplace and not move. We want to think there's something, you know, don't move. That's it, right there. Don't move a thing, right? Well, you got to move. And you got to get the 30 blows. There's no avoiding it. There's no place you can stay where life isn't going to give you a whack. Right? You've got to be willing to make a move to take your hits. <laughs>